Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. So for over 35 years, Jean Walters has inspired thousands through her work as a personal growth consultant, life coach, certified reality therapist, and best-selling author. She has studied metaphysics extensively and applies universal principles to every area of her life. Her passion is helping others recognize their innate power and place in the universe as divine beings and to live fully from that knowing. She specializes in transformational coaching, metaphysics, dream interpretation, and she's done over 35,000 Akashic readings. And we have a lot of synchronicities, you and I. In my home, I have two Jean Walters. You do? I do. My (laughs) daughter is Kensley Jean Walters, and her father is Jamie Jean Walters. Wow. You must like Jean (laughs) Walters. That's all I can say. (laughs) Right? And my dad was from St. Louis as well. Oh, really? Yes. He worked on the presidentship. Uh-huh. Do you remember that yes, one? Yes, yes. And it went up and down the Mississippi. He met my mom in New Orleans. And mm-hmm. so that's how they met. And then they moved to New Orleans. So that's, I owe my life to the Mississippi. <laughs> yeah. That's a sweet story. There's a, there used to be a lot of ships that went up and down. And uh, so one was a cruise ship and the other ones were day trips. And, and one yeah. was the Admiral. Yes. Very cool. Very cool. That's so nice funny. to meet you, though. Welcome. I call this soul sisters. There you <laughs> I mean, go. A lot of soul sisters these days, you know, and I like that, you know, because sometimes we don't feel like we connect with the rest of the world as so well, but we, on a metaphysical level, you know, we know we're connected. Yeah. I finished your book actually this morning. I really enjoyed it. You simplified a lot of stuff that's hard for people to understand. Yeah. And then I loved how you implemented your own personal stories and used yourself as examples and i also loved the quotes that you picked out from so many amazing people like oprah yeah Yeah. so um i also wanted to tell you that i appreciated the tools sometimes i feel like our listeners could you know get on our podcast and they might be overwhelmed because there's just Mm -hmm. so many tools Mm -hmm. now everyone uses different tools and has their own journey but it can be overwhelming so i loved that your book chapter by chapter broke down what kind of tools and exactly what you could do because i think that that's what people need so thank you for your book it was beautiful Oh, thank you. Well, and I think that comes from years and years and years and years of teaching. (laughs) I started teaching when I was very young. I mean, I have a twin sister. Oftentimes I was a little bit ahead of her and uh, my mom would say, Jean, go teach, go help Jane. So I would sit down with her and then I would approach, math was a big one. And because I was very logical and and I would approach math and then, and then, then she maybe didn't get it so I would come at it from another angle so when I was really young I was learning how to present an idea from lots of different angles until I found one that worked and so I kind of brought that with me through my adult years um, in teaching thousands really thousands of classes I'm still teaching (laughs) and I love it that's probably who I am more than anything and that's why I think the book 
it you know it comes through in the book so yeah your recent book is the journey from anxiety to peace practical steps to handle fear embrace struggle and eliminate worry to become happy and free yes 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 that's what we need right now gene yes of all your books, I was I actually listened to some of the intros of your books on Audible. I'm gonna definitely go back and read. But this book is really what the world needs right now. Right. There's a lot of stress in so many different areas. Oh my gosh, if you, yeah. <laughs> if you take 10 minutes to think about it, it'll definitely probably put you into a panic attack. Well, there's a lot of people that go into panic attacks, and that's why yes. I included uh, a segment on panic attacks. I know. Thank you for that, too. You know, I have suffered from anxiety. My daughter has panic attacks, and she often reminds me that they're different than just having anxiety. Yes. Do and you so agree? Hopefully, you can take the information I put in there about panic attacks and help her come back to the present moment. Because yes. whatever she's concerned about is in the future or the past. It's not in the present moment. And by just breathing and bringing her attention back to where she's sitting, what she's got on today, where her feet are placed on the floor, and just bring her right back to this present moment, then the panic will be gone. Because in this present moment, there's no panic. The mind has to go ahead or behind to create panic. And usually it's a what if, what if, what if, what if. There's no point in living in the future. That's what if is living in the future. We're right here, right now. So whatever we do right here, right now will affect the future. So we want to learn how to live in our highest self right now so that we can have a wonderful future. But the only way we can do that is to be in this moment here. And that's where we begin to learn how to direct our mind. Because how we direct our mind is the whole shebang, really. Uh, you know, right now we've got so much stuff on the media. The, the media loves drama and lots of dramatic stories. And of course, they're calling that the news. But of course, I think they just really make it way bigger than it should be. And, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. If there isn't enough going on, they'll dredge up something from the past and put it on the air to keep people engaged. So we want to understand what's going on there. The news is keeping us engaged. But at the same time, it's creating a lot of panic for people because these are things they have no control over. And then they begin to look for viruses or murderers or people who want to you know, do harm everywhere they go. They've got their suspicious eyes going. And so we're not really looking to see the good in, in people. We're not really looking to see the blessings that are all around us. I walk in the park just about every day and I'm smiling at people and they're smiling back at me and they don't appear to me to be of any danger whatsoever. And I would never put that on them because I know that when I live in peace, I'm also magnetizing to meet people that are also you know, in peace and in joy and in love and kindness. So I think, you know, we want to understand how the mind works that we magnetize to us at all times, the nature of our thought. So if we're constantly running around being scared, we're going to attract a lower energy than if we bring our energy up and try to recognize that there's good happening all the time. The universe has our back. It really is bringing us into a better future is bringing us into a better time period, but we've had to like shave away 
a lot of things that were not right. We're just negative. Yeah. So I think Jerry Steinfeld says, uh, we've all been given a timeout. I think that's one way to look at it because we've had to become quiet. We've had to become more introspective. We've spent more time with people we really love. And there's been some good things happening in this, but it's also made people just slow down, you know, get connected again, get connected to themselves and, and to a higher energy. The time that we would spend running around from this to this to that to that and kind of like crazy people, we're now slowed down some. And then that's going to allow us to really connect. Like, for instance, meditation that will help us connect because our mind is slower. When we meditate, we can't be in a frantic state. Maybe we have some listeners that are dealing with anxiety today. Let's do the meditation. And then that way they can really absorb and be present with what we're about to talk about. So like a centering for now, a couple, couple minutes, right? So everybody, you know, close your eyes and allow yourself to just breathe. And as you breathe, just see the breath coming in and see the breath going out. And while you're doing this, you want to become the observer. So right now, all you're doing is observing the breath coming in and going out. We're learning how to focus our mind so that when we decide to focus on the breath coming in and going out, we can do that. We can slow our mind down to where it can be one pointed and we can watch the breath coming in and we can watch the breath going out. And as we get into that rhythm, it's our own natural rhythm that we're getting into and we're allowing it to take over. So when the mind wants to rush to here, to there, we just bring it right back to the rhythm of the breath, going in and going out. And as we get quiet with that and we get good at, at that rhythm and we begin to really identify with it, we can move our attention then to the heart. And in the heart, we can see this beautiful light. And what we wanna do is imagine the light and it's very brilliant, more brilliant than anything in the material world, even more brilliant than the sun. And this light is pure love. And so as we breathe in the light, breathe it in and breathe it out, we become very quiet and calm. And this brings us up to a higher place in the mind to where we can look at any situation and realize that it is a small thing that everything is doable, everything is possible. But we stay in this sense of light because it is love and it is our most natural energy, love. And so we stay in that love as long as we need to. And as we do that, we lift ourselves as though we're standing on top of a mountain and we can look out and see everything. And it's so beautiful, it's so beautiful. So anytime you want to, you can quiet yourself, you can go into this inner space, you can breathe, you can see the light, it goes all the way through your body, it's always there. And whenever we want to, we can just move ourselves to side in the world and take a moment and just get there to this healing place, this healing place of light and love and let it take over as we create this space, we move into it, we dissolve into it, and we let that be our whole identity. We let that be everything. 
It is everything. There is nothing outside of it. It is now the dominant essence of who we are. And just be there. And as you do this, just be in gratitude. Gratitude is the highest energy. It lifts us. And we are so grateful for this moment. And we're so grateful for sharing. And we're so grateful that there have been others that walked before us that could help us move along the path and learn these new skills. And so we're grateful. You have this new energy. You're going to keep it with you all day. You're going to remember it all day and go back to it as often as you need to. Because you can live your whole life from this, this new place. You can stay there all day. And then, but we're going to bring our attention back to the world. So we do that by recognizing our feet on the floor with the roots going down into the earth. And we see our back straight and our head up. And we recognize we're sitting in a chair now. And we can feel that chair. And when we're ready to be back and grounded into this material world form called the body, we take a deep breath and let it go and open your eyes, bringing you back to here and now. And so it is. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. That was just lovely. And I'd say that you hit on two very important things that I have to implement into my life daily is that awareness, that witness, not just in meditation, folks, throughout your day, and self-love, bringing that love energy in and focusing on that, mm -hmm. so that self-love energy. It makes life so much easier when you look out and realize that the trees are beautiful and the plants are beautiful and the people are beautiful. And we begin to see that energy everywhere and it completely changes our disposition, our consciousness, and we're able to deal with more. I mean, as things come at us, we have more ability to deal with the everything. When I first started with meditating, I, I didn't understand that you could live your whole rest of your day with that energy you just created for yourself. Yes. So, because, you know, as a mom and I'm busy, it was like, wait, how, how do I do that? I can't live in this like mm -hmm. state for the rest of the day. I've got yeah. such a busy day. And you said that in the meditation that you can live from that energy. So how would you explain that to people? Like, Well, you're setting up an energy that, that's real. And that's really actually who you are. I mean, if you look at a baby, you see love. You don't see uh, confusion and you don't see uh, drama and you don't see craziness or running from here to there. You see love, you see calmness, you see inquisitiveness. So that is our natural way. That's who we are from the inside out. And so what we want to do is just remember that because when we remember the calmness that we had then, it was, we were curious. We wanted to know what this thing was here and we wanted to know what that was over there, but we weren't frantic about it. We could take a nap anytime we wanted to. So what we want to do is remember that's a rhythm. And then we can, if we go back into the rhythm of breathing, we can move back into the rhythm of 
who we are naturally. And then when the possibility shows up that we can now become a little crazy or run from this to that or, or get all dramatic, we can remember that. We can just breathe a couple times and remember that and, and go back. That opens up a whole different aspect of the mind where you now have a more creative ability to actually come up with the answers that you need. It's really amazing because I do it a lot with my clients and I'll say to them now, when exactly did you come up with that solution? And then I'll show them when they made their shift. People make a shift and then it's like a door opens and they know I need to call that person, I need to file that form and I need to whatever. And so when we, we can take control of the mind and bring ourselves into that calmness at will, then we're opening up that possibility for answers to show up in our life. I mean, that's beautiful. We want that. And it's available to everyone. You know, I mean, can you, I was thinking this morning of cell phones and how, who ever thought we would be running around with a computer in our pocket, you know, and we could call anywhere in the world with this little thing, you know, that's really awesome. So we've always had creative genius and everyone has it, not just one or two people. We all have it. We just have it in different ways. And right, that's what, yeah, yeah, that's what I want to help people get in touch with. I mean, obviously the book has got a lot of uh, uh, steps that you can take to, to start to gain control, you know, and that's what we want to learn to look at life from a different angle so that we're not being subject to the craziness of the world. And so where we can decide, no, for me, I'm going to look at it through the eyes of love. I'm going to look at it through the eyes of gratitude. I'm going to look at it through the eyes of, of an openness that allows me to have answers that, I, that I'm asking for right now. Because if you ask, you receive. And oftentimes right. people ask, but then they close down their mind and they don't receive. It's all about that. It's all about helping people move and move from, well, from anxiety to peace, really. So can we talk about the story mode? Because I really, really found that very interesting, how we can get stuck in our stories of ourselves. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, and we've all heard it and we've all probably all done it too, where, I mean, I've heard people say, well, everybody in my family has diabetes. And so that's a story they've told themselves. The thing is they've told themselves that story enough times that they bought it, they believe it, or I'm really not good at relationships. That's a story because anybody can be good at relationships, you know, if they want to, if they, they're willing to do the work. The story could be I'm too fat or I'm too skinny or I'm, I'm not good with people or whatever. Whatever the skill set that you need, you can learn it, you can develop it. What we want to do is recognize the story we've been telling ourselves so that we can catch it and realize that's just a story. I remember one time particularly when I was really thinking about wealth consciousness and what that was. And I went to this department store and I was going to buy a blue skirt. And so I found a blue skirt and, and my mother's voice came out into my mind, you know, because we have, we have this unconscious stuff that's been fed to us, you know, and her, it was her voice and it was like, you don't need a blue skirt. And I'm thinking, I knew, I recognized it was the unconscious program that I was listening to. And I went, I was incensed, like, excuse me, I'll buy a blue skirt if I want, you know? And then it was like, it was, yes. I was in battle with this voice. It was like, well, you know, you already have a blue skirt. You don't need another blue skirt. And I'm going, I'll buy as many blue skirts as I want. You're never, ever going to control me, you know? And so, I mean, it was like, in my mind, I'm looking back on it. It was like, woohoo. But at the same time, what I did that day was I broke through. 
And I broke through that part of my training that said, you always have to do without and you can't have what you want and you know you can't spend money on yourself and blah 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 blah. there's a whole story that goes with that and i don't think it's an unusual story i think a lot of people have versions of that very story i didn't even try the skirt on i grabbed it put it up on the counter bought it and brought it home because it was my way of saying no i will never operate from that inner voice that restricts me and says i can't have what I want in life. So we each need to recognize those, I, you want to call them voices, but, but they're really your unconscious programmed attitudes that are there. And while we recognize them, we can break through those stories and go, no, that's not a true story. That's just a story. It's right. the story that I was fed growing up, but it's not a real story. And I'm not yeah. going to have it anymore. I know I have my mom's voice in my head. I have my dad's voice sometime in my head. I have my ex-husband's voice yes. in my head sometimes. A lot of times people are like, oh, they and they want to run from it rather than like, let's face it straight on. Like, he said this, and is that truth or not? You know, is it really true that I can't have a dozen blue skirts if I want to? Is it really true that I can't spend money on myself? Is it really true that somehow an ideal thing to just ignore my own needs? No, no, and no. So when we really face the truth of what is really true here, then that's when we break through because we're no longer living from what someone told us. I had a friend who said, oh, I'm really bad at math. And I said, I don't understand how you can say that. You're handling, your, your husband has his own business. You're running his account. You're handling our accounts and our business. And you've got another business and you're running those accounts. And, you're, and you seem to be doing just fine with all that. So where does it come from, this idea that you're bad at math? She said, and then she stopped and she said, it was my third grade teacher. And I said, so at what point wow. are you going <laughs> to let her go? And you decide your truth is I'm good at math. Lots of things we tell ourselves are just not the truth. If things keep coming up. So I really loved your summary of you have like a whole process which starts with recognizing the negative chatter and then on and on. And mm -hmm. then if it's true or not, I love that. And I have to do that. I mm -hmm. have to do that because there are so many voices, but first, so it's the awareness. And then I feel like if things keep coming up, you really need to sit with them to really, yeah. really discover where it's from. And unfortunately for myself, some of my stuff wasn't even in this life. It was more like ancestral stuff it was a okay. little bit deeper. But it, you can still change it. You don't have to. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Right. What I noticed, Shannon, is most people are so hard on themselves. Why did I do that? Well, you probably didn't know another way at that particular time, you know, and that's why you did it, you know. But oftentimes they we just beat themselves up over what I should have done, what I couldn't have done, you know. And it's like I have a belief that we do the very best we know how to do at any given moment. But the way we learn is through those moments. And so when we figure out another way to be, we'll be another way. So we can't just be beating ourselves up for what I didn't know or what I should, you know, why didn't I do that math problem differently? Because you didn't know how to do it differently. That's why <laughs> we're in this world where we're walking down a path. We're learning as we go. Sometimes we fall down, but the big possibility there is just getting back up again. Beating ourselves up for falling down is not going to help one thing. A lot of just letting go of stress is just being kind. But first you have to be kind to yourself. And a lot of people have a hard time with that. Mm -hmm. 
You know, I was going to use myself as an example, and maybe you could walk me through how I sure. would be tell myself if it is truth or not truth. So when I was young, I remember, and you told a story in your book, but I don't want to spoil the book. It was a teacher who said something to me. Yeah. Just like you. So I was brought into a room and it was a conference. And this teacher told my mom that I was bossy because whenever no one else answered, I would just immediately be like, okay, here I am. I'll do it. Let's come on you guys and kind of motivate people to do it. And that I would be like, if they're not going to do it, I would be giving them, you know, direction. So I just immediately absorbed that. So I started to quiet myself. I started not to raise my hand. I started not to volunteer as much. How do I know if that is truth? Because I carried that for a long time. Where would I start? Well, you're making bossy a bad thing, right? That's what if you what decided I'm... it's a good thing? I was told the very same thing. Jean's bossy. And I thought, I kind of like that. <laughs> I like that. You know what? Because it said to me that I always seem to know a direction. You know, I, I can see the bigger picture. Like, well, if you did this and you did this, then we could do this together and it would all work. You know, so that was my bossiness. And I thought, I laughed when I saw it and I went, I like that about myself. Maybe when you put it in different terms, like I'm a leader, I'm a natural leader. That's why it's easy for me to step up and go, well, I have the answer to that. And I know what we need to do next because you, you have a natural leadership with you. What if you turn that around and realize that it's there to help you, not take from you? Because that's what it sounds like. It sounds like a natural leadership. Yeah, it's interesting that you said that because when we got home, my mom said that to me. She said, because she could tell I was upset. My mom said, mm -hmm. honey, you're a leader. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that in my child mind, I mean, I was in kindergarten. It is negative. And I carried that for so long. Just that. And word. you remember that, like, yeah. vividly? Because you've yeah. talked about this story before. But your mom, like, totally gave you back your power. Mm -hmm. As a child, we don't know what to do with Bossy. Well, the thing I heard with her, Mandy, is that you waited to see if somebody else wanted to answer it. You know, I probably would have just jumped in there without waiting at all. <laughs> but the thing is, that's what I mean by we tend to judge ourselves and, and be really hard on ourselves. When if we looked at that situation and go, wait a minute now, what's another way to use bossiness? What's another way to do it? You were doing it as a child. And if you had a little direction, if your teacher, see, I think teachers come up with a negative way of viewing those things because they don't have it. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe a better way would have been, oh gosh, she's got some very strong leadership skills mm -hmm. in the class and is, you know, very helpful to everybody else a lot. <laughs> I, I, well, I give you an example. My one grandson is, is bossy also. <laughs> very, and the teacher told him, he says, I'm really counting on you. You're a leader and I need you to help me lead these other kids. I mean, it completely changed his life because now he could walk with his head up knowing that this thing that other people didn't like, his teacher thought was just amazing. And whenever you talk to his teacher, he'd say, he's amazing because he saw this natural leadership ability right off and said, I'm going to help you hone that. And that's exactly what happened. He had the best year of his school. During that Teachers year. can really make or break a child at that age by saying something like that. That's yeah. very interesting. I know that many teachers have told my youngest how very shy, you know, and introverted she is. And they 
I mean, I even had other parents suggest maybe get her tested, which I have a child with autism, so I know the difference. Now that she's old enough and we've always been open about it, she straight up tells me like, like I am choosing to be quiet. Like I don't yeah. want to do that what, and I'm fine wrong, with it. What's wrong yeah. with that though? I mean, no, I spend a lot of good. time <laughs> quiet because yeah. I like it, you know? Right, That's some people it. see it as rude. You know, some people, I think some people have made her feel that it's rude. That's what she has told me. Right. So at some point we have to recognize what they're saying is from their point of view, you know, and a lot of people will say, you're being too shy because they don't know how to handle their own shy. Or you're being bossy because I don't know how to get in touch with my leadership. So they're projecting a lot of stuff onto you uh, because, because it's a problem for them. And I think as you get older, you recognize it. But what if we started teaching children that early? Yes. You know, like, is your teacher right. being shy? Is your teacher, <laughs> does right. your teacher have leadership ability? <laughs> right. Does it make your teacher uncomfortable that you're shy? You know, which it shouldn't make her feel, you know, obviously nobody can make you feel anything. Well, this right. is really amazing. Yeah. Because as an adult, you could look back and see this. But if you have children you see them going through this to be able like you said to talk to them and just kind of explain you know this is not about you if somebody's saying something about you this is about them and and a lot of these things are in the book so um so the thing is that a lot of these practices you can transfer to your children because uh, most of them are very simple you know like even if they get worked up about some have them sit down for a while and just breathe consciously, and then maybe even write something. I, you know, I hate my teacher today. If even it, by expelling some of that, but then they can get into a deeper truth for themselves. There's exercises in every chapter. Once you incorporate them within yourself, you'll be able to, you know, transfer them to your children as well. Because most of yeah. them are very simple methods, and it's just a matter of, of repeating and repeating to where it becomes part of you. Like I said, I no longer believe for a second that I can't have as many blue skirts as I want. I might have transferred that to black pants now, but, you know, but either way, it works, you know. Since we're talking about parents and children and how much we can affect, can we go back to how your mother's anxiety mm-hmm. affected you as a child? Yes. Honestly, she could not even stop shaking. I mean, she was so nervous all the time. Mm. And uh, it was almost like impossible for her to look at anything as a positive. So I made it a mission early on because I I really, not only did I see it affecting her health, but I saw it affecting every person. And of course, what I wanted was, I guess you might say selfish because I wanted more peace in the house. And I actually wanted a mom that I could relate to, (laughs) which I couldn't, I didn't have as long as she was such a wreck. So I just made a commitment to myself that I was going to find another way to do this because I did not believe that her worrying all the time was going to help anything at all. So I had a little game that I would invent these games. So she would say something negative and then I would come back and say something positive. I remember one time she said, the roof is leaking. It's terrible. Oh my God, the roof is leaking. And I said, but mom, now that you know it's leaking, you can get someone out here to fix it. (laughs) Now, keep in mind, I was a child. (laughs) So that was my, my solution at that moment. But the point I was making is you know, whatever's going on, there's a way to resolve it. There's a way we, that can, it be, can be handled. And she was always so frantic about it all. What I saw as an, an issue, and I didn't want to take it on myself, and I was trying in lots of different ways to just 
ignore her or come at her with something else or but the bottom line i at one point i just realized this is her she's going to be this way i can't talk her out of it i can't get her to do something different so i'm going to accept her as she is now that was a huge growth lesson for me because when i decided that's who she's chosen to be taking her off the fire yeah and what happened well i just let go and and i decided i'm going to love her she's my mom but i also recognize i cannot be close to her you know we all want a mom that we can call and i can't have that with her yeah so i so i accepted to, to her as she is what if we do that what if we look at each person and go they're quirky this way or that way but i accept them as they are the desperation's gone immediately the resistance is gone immediately the pain is gone because we learned that this is them doing the best they know how to do at this time i didn't take it upon myself that i have to fix her you detached at what age were you well i think i did it in stages but i was probably in my 20s probably okay. around 20 when i decided you know, this isn't working and I'm not helping her and I'm certainly not helping me. I make these little games in my mind. So whenever I would be around her and she'd start going off on like how terrible everything was, I would just ask myself this question. She's doing her thing. Is it okay with you? Yes. What do you want to do now? And then I would decide what I want to do now and then I would go do it. So it could be as easy as turning on the TV or leaving the room or baking cookies or whatever it is I decided, I would just go ahead and do what I wanted to do and let her just carry on as much as she wanted to. I would invent these things. That's why I think I'm a natural teacher because I've been teaching the same thing forever. First, recognize what's going on and then be in agreement with it and then take care of yourself. Mm, love it. Yeah. You, it's, a, you, it's, a, it's not something we're taught in our society. So we yeah. have to learn it on our own, you know. Yeah, you described it beautifully in the book and very similar to what Shanna talks about and how she does it and this freedom. Yeah. Yeah, what is that freedom like for you? I love freedom. I think that we are really made to be free and free means where are you putting your mind today? because everything else will follow that. But where are you putting your mind today? When we start our day, you know, Oprah says something. She said, when she starts her day, she says, help me to be of service today. That intention sets her day up. And then a lot of things go really well because she set an intention to be of service today. And I think when we start our day with an intention, like I am so grateful for everything today, I'm so grateful. And we use that as our intention we will, the things that come across, will begin to see with different eyes. Instead of making it so bad, we might see it as an opportunity, or we might see it as a, as a way that we can begin to help someone else and get the attention off ourselves. But starting off, you know, being clear about what it is you truly want and how you want to feel. And then, and then you have to use discipline to stay there because there's lots of things that go on in life that want to convince you otherwise. Well, you know, that guy cut you off in traffic, you know, he's a jerk and you can go there, but then who feels bad? You or the other guy. So what we want to do is recognize an opportunity to either rise above it or to get way down and dirty into he's a jerk. You know? And so, so it's an ongoing practice that we keep working with, you know, it's an ongoing practice. And I like how you cool. say that it can become a default mechanism for you if you continue to work on it. And I find that for myself, that is absolutely true. Your brain can shift. You can rewire. 
I do a little practice. I do a little exercise in one of my classes where I'll have the students go into like a closed eye experience. And then I want them to pick up the idea of fear and what it feels like to them to be in fear. And then I shift them and ask them what it feels like to be in love and describe the feeling in their body and what it feels like in their in their mind. Then we do illness and then we do health and then we do prosperity. We do debt. So we do opposites. And the bottom line is that when we're finished with it, I ask them, what did you feel with these negatives? And what did you feel with these? And they always say, oh, tight. And they feel bad and they feel restricted and they can't breathe. <laughs> and then on the other hand, they feel open and light. And I so I, the other thing I ask them is how quickly did you move from that to that? How quickly did you move from fear to love? How quickly did you move from a lack to abundance? So really, in, in a second, you could do it. Because I directed you. What if you direct you? What if you start directing yourself and go, wait a minute, I'm in a bad mood. Nope, don't want that. <laughs> what do I need to think about right now so I can be in a good mood? And so those are some of the things that can shift you quickly. But we have to realize we have the power to do that. Because somebody uh, cut you off or you know, was mean or rude to you does not mean you have to take that on for the rest of the day. Yeah, I, lo I love that exercise. There yeah. was a quote that you put in um, that I wanted to bring up right now. It says, the mind is a tool. The question is, do you use the tool or does the tool use you? Yes. I loved that quote. And then the, another one that really stuck out to me was, for one who has conquered the mind, the mind is the best of friends. But for one who has failed to do so, the mind will remain his greatest enemy. Yeah. Really getting to know your own mind and realizing you can control it. You can control all these emotions. You can control. Yeah. It's interesting how humans just let it control them. <laughs> and they, they subject themselves to, you know, think about how many TV shows. If you look through the schedule of TV shows, you'll see violence, police, uh, military, war, you know, and all the way. I mean, it's like, it's amazing that we aren't all crazier than we are, you know, because we're, we totally are subjecting agree. ourselves to all of that violence. Yeah, absolutely. And also just all that's always popping up, all of the subliminal algorithms and, you know, and social media and this and that. Thank you so much. Um, listeners, if you want to read this book, she's offering you a free copy of it, PDF, yeah. and we will put that link in the show notes. You have amazing videos on your Facebook page. Jean M. Walters, number one. Yeah, yeah that's my. Okay. And then what I've been doing lately is, is just putting a short little video. I'm, I'm working with the three wisdoms. So here's the three wisdoms. Yeah. The three wisdoms are the non-judgment, non-attachment, and non-resistance. So oh, I've done, yeah, I'm going to talk a little bit about each one on the, on my little, I call, I'm calling them spiritual transformation moments because my website is spiritual transformation. You know, I also wanted to thank you for sharing your personal story and being vulnerable with it because the perspective that you gave me as a child looking at your mom, you know, it showed me anxiety can present itself in different ways. Irritable, it can make you, you know, be busy all the time. Mm -hmm. And so when people are educated on that, they can have more empathy for the people around them that might be suffering it and don't even know. Oh, so, yeah. Thank you very much for receiving that. I appreciate yeah. that very much. <laughs> yeah. I love my mom. Detaching with love. You Absolutely. know, there's still I mean, love there. You just you don't uh, to detach with anger. That's not detaching because you're still attached if you're angry. Right. 
So what, what we do is accept people are different shapes and sizes and colors and, and temperaments and we accept mm -hmm. all that. We're not here to judge anybody, but we are here to observe and then go, is that what I want for myself and make your own changes. I mean, yeah. that's all your, that's what your work is. Your work is changing you. My work is right. changing me. And be around the people that lift you up and mm -hmm. that have positive energy that'll help, you know, yeah. and, and it's okay to distance yourself from people who create negativity. You know, it's okay. <laughs> Sometimes you could hear something a hundred different ways and it doesn't resonate. You're still attached mm -hmm. if you are angry. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I love that because if I if you could if you feel like you're detaching with love but you're angry then you're you're not detaching correctly no no you're really not detached at all yeah yeah <laughs> you still I, got I, the voice going on back here going if they would only and why didn't they <laughs> and you don't want somebody else whatever they're doing to be your source if they're content then you're going to be content or if they're angry you're going to be angry you, you can't let someone else be your source You've got to decide for yourself how it's going to be and that takes a lot of strength but we all have it we all have the ability to do that. It takes practice. You know, we just have to practice at it. Your book is bringing light into the world. Your soul is bringing light into the world. Thank you. I'm so grateful. I'm grateful that you're saying that. And I'm grateful that you can acknowledge that. So thank you very much. And I, and again, you know, I'm happy to uh, share this with people. Just email it and I'll get it out to them. And once again, what, what is your website name so that they can Well, the website you? is spiritualtransformation.com. And there's a blog attached to that too. But the email would be Jean, J-E-A-N, at spiritualtransformation.com. I will send them the book. Oh my gosh. Thank you for offering that to them because for all of our listeners, it is incredibly helpful. And this is a book that I feel like you could pay it forward. Although I don't know that I'd ever want to give mine away. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had one gal buy it for every member of her family because she wanted it. Yeah. She said, they're all kind of really nervous and a wreck. So I'm going to buy them all a book. <laughs> you know what? You make an amazing stocking stuffer. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. What are some of the titles of your other books? Um, well, the uh, Set Yourself Free, Live the Life You Were Meant to Live is, is very spiritual. It's got a lot of, I use a lot of symbol, symbolism in that. And I, for instance, Jesus is a symbol for you and I, and it's a symbol for our highest self and, and how we're trying to grow to be that energy. And then um, the Be Outrageous, Do the Impossible, Others Have and You Can Too is a bestseller. And uh, that one is all about finding your right passion. Finding the passion that you were meant to express. Uh, and I used a lot of the information from a class I teach at the college called Changing Career Direction, Finding Your Passion. So if that's, that's the purpose of that book. And then um, The Power of Knowing. And that's all about developing your intuition. Uh, the, it's an eight-step guide for opening your intuitive channel and living in highest energy. And then, then this one, and then the next book is going to be out before Christmas, and it's called The Magic and Mystery of Dreams, The Ultimate Guide for Interpreting Your Day and Night Dreams and the Symbols that Show Up in Your Life. So there's symbols all the time in your life, and then we tend to just walk past them and don't realize, but there's a lot of symbology in that. And, and there also, I have a four-step formula on how to work with your dreams I invented that is proprietary to me. And, but it, it, you can actually look at your life and interpret your life as though it were a dream. And it will give you a lot of meaning that, um, that you maybe didn't realize was there. Awesome. I, well, thank you so much. It's been a thank pleasure. You. Thank, thank you. you. Have a wonderful day. I so appreciate yeah. this. Thank you. So
Thanks for being with us today. We hope you will come back next week. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. Thank you. We rise to lift you up. Thanks for listening.